Thank you for listening to this episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. If you'd like to listen to bonus episodes, go sign up to the Patreon. That's patreon.clom. Clom? Ah, we fucked it. Anyway, look, you'll find a way. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, if you'd like to hear me ramble on about the last week, that's over on the Patreon, the James Donald Ford's McCann Catamaran Plan Patreon, where I talk about heading back from New York City, being in Steubenville, popping a tire in Pittsburgh, then flying over to New York, being very stressed, going to an interfaith prayer room at the airport, then performing at Radio City Music Hall, and now ending up in this hotel. Hey, that's all over there. That's just the minutiae of my personal life. All right, maybe that's helpful for growing the podcast and buying a catamaran. I don't know. But over here on the public podcast, the one that you've got to listen to ads to get to, the one that is the broad church of James Donald Forbes and Catamaran Plan fans, always a bad sign when you're stumbling over your own name there. I'm not even hung up. I didn't drink last night. Everyone else was drinking after the show. They had a wonderful time of it. I just ate lots of fried chicken. Had about a thousand waters and many, many cigarettos. By the way, I'll just say, Radio City Music Hall, wonderful experience, wonderful party afterwards. I saw Dave Chappelle. That was pretty cool. I also got to meet Adam Friedland and Nick Mullen, who are, you know, they're, they're wonderful. And I was very excited by that. And it was a real thing for me. Little boy from Adelaide been listening to their podcast and <laughs> wow. And so many other great people there too. And I got to ride in a horse around uh, Central Park with Shane. We got on a horse and there was a lovely uh, man with Morphe, his horse, and he would take he took us around slowly Central Park and told us all about on this bridge over here, this where they shot Spider Man three. Anyway, it's not what I that was all great. I don't actually talk about that man on the Patreon, but it's over on the Patreon if you want to listen to that. What I'm talking about today is something very serious. Something very serious to grow the podcast. I've been looking at the numbers, and the numbers are male. Dear listener, there is roughly a 9 out of 10 chance that you are a man. And you know what? 
I'm pretty happy about that because I love the fellas. <laughs> I'm so happy to have men as the audience. But what I'd like even more would be to have more ladies. I don't want to lose any of the men. So happy to have collected a brood of men. But something must be done to increase the listenership of ladies. Now, I tried to reach out to Dublin and the ladies in Dublin with the Dublin lady arc. It was as close as I think as I've come to a breakdown on this podcast. The Dublin lady arc. We now have nine listeners from Dublin. I think they're all men. Everyone who writes to me from Dublin is a man. Sometimes they say, I'm going to try and get my girlfriend to listen to podcasts. It's all men. Something must be done to reach out and in an audio sense, touch and bring in to the van that is the James Donald Falls McCann catamaran plan. Ladies, do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying let's grab them and throw them in the podcast van so that they're here with us. I've been thinking a lot about Norm MacDonald and that bit about throwing a lady in the van, the Janice. What a great bit. Ladies, ladies, hello ladies, I've been racking my brain. This is a podcast about me trying to buy a boat, okay? Women, well women are a bit, some people say women and semen don't mix, but I say women are very, very important for the podcast. I'll give you a couple reasons. Number one, if I do a live show and the girlfriend is okay, see, here's the, some podcasts just for the boys, and then all the men, the boys have a boys' night out together. What, what you want, I think, is a podcast that the women can tolerate. So instead of just having all the eight boys, you get 16 people showing up because they've all brought their beautiful partners. Or you just get women coming out to the show. You know, women go out more. That's a generalization. But I think we'll find that it's true. You know, there's a lot of men who don't go out who will listen to you from afar, but are never leaving the house. And actually, that's uh, that's not true because all the that thing of being afraid to leave your house is, I think, exclusively a female uh, disease of the mind. What's that called? You, uh, hold on, it's not kleptomania. Agoraphobia. It's an overwhelmingly female disease of the mind. Here's maybe let's get to at comedy festivals. They always tell me that women buy the most tickets and that men and women show up in roughly equal numbers but i think it's that women control uh, where the couple goes you know do you understand what you know what i'm saying do you know what i'm saying i'm saying why would we leave the beautiful juicy woman fruit on the vine when it's there for the picking i mean i like women you know women like me when i'm at a party and i'm talking with women they seem to enjoy. I don't think they're pretending to enjoy talking to me the whole time. Well, if they enjoy that, why wouldn't they enjoy a podcast about me? Hmm? Maybe because you, you try and usually talk about other people at parties, and I can't. I hear. I can't use that skill. I can't talk about other people. You know, I can't make every individual person feel heard. I have to do an amalgamum. Women do want to feel heard. Is one thing I've been looking through the podcasts that appeal to women. And boy, is being heard and seen, feeling seen, is seems to be very important to women. A lot of these lists, like these are the podcasts that make us feel seen. We can't see the hosts, but they make us feel seen. So if I can find a way to make women feel more seen, maybe more women will listen to the podcast. Because again, I'm on Instagram, 
it's uh, we're getting so many new listeners. Like before I came to America, I was um, I was like sixty forty men to women. Now I got so many more lists. I got so many more people on Instagram, and so many more women. But the split is like eighty twenty. And it's getting away from me. Being able to have an audience of women. I, you know, hey, love Jordan Peterson, right? Love him. Great. Seems great. I'm a Jordan Peterson fan. We disagree on probably a couple of things. Maybe not the things that you're supposed to disagree with Jordan Peterson about. I'm actually probably signed up to that. But, you know, sometimes on a theological point, I'll go, well, I don't, th- I don't think that's what the story with Lot's wife is indicating. And then why are you taking so long to say it? You know, but ultimately, pro Jordan Peterson. But it's a lot of men. He's talking to men. You know, he's doing eminent Victorian uh, virtue teaching for men. And what I want is a boat. I'm not here to fix men. I'm not here to save men. I'm here to have a boat. I'm very direct about that. If the, if the point of the podcast was to save Western civilization and turn masculinity around and detoxify people, I'd do that too. But I'm not here to do that. You know? Tick, tick, tock. It's boat o'clock. I've been rambling on for a long time. I ha- Let's, so here was my idea. So I was looking at podcasts that women like. And there's things like true crime, which I don't understand why women like that. Maybe it makes them feel safe to know that other women out there are being brutally killed and abused sexually but not them so I, I can't figure that out here's another type of podcast that women like two women talking to each other can't do that one either have thought about uh you know if this podcast makes more money using some of that money to hire two women and start a new podcast for two women to talk to each other and then i just take the profits you understand i take the profits and i turn that into a boat um but that feels well, I, I mean, that could be good. I don't see why those women couldn't do that themselves if they wanted to. And uh, then I would just be sort of pimping. That would be, um, some would say, oh, investing in the future. But I would say pimping. Okay. So, uh, I mean, other things that women seem to, I mean, they, they don't really go in for history podcasts. That's the only one with research that I'd really like to do. Because I don't want to research crimes and talk about that. That sounds like a terrible occasion here's the one that i've i think as a genre that i can do advice column women love the advice column men don't like asking for advice you understand (laughs) men they hate us oh don't get a man to ask for directions or don't ask a man to go to a therapist but women love advice. They love, uh, you know, I'm speaking very typically here. I'm sure there are some severely autistic women who don't want to hear what anybody else has to say. But uh, by and large, as the feminine type, um, more open to advice, as evidenced by the fact that advice columns seem to be a big thing. So I've been looking up. Well, I don't have anyone sending me advice at the moment. So this is the first. So if you're a woman, and I'm only taking requests for advice from women. All right? We don't need any more. Well, actually, we do. We need a lot more men listening to the podcast. But, frankly, if you're a man asking for advice, I, I don't want to give it to you. You should have your own stuff together. This is more a frail, dainty thing to ask for advice, I do believe. So, men, keep it to yourself. White knuckle it. Genuinely, nobody is listening to us. Nobody cares about our, our feelings. Ladies, how I would love it if you would send me requests. Your gal pal. James Donald Forbes McCann. And by gal pal, I don't, I'm not a gal, but I'm a pal to gals. Send me your 
requests for advice. Uh, but I'd like to start it now. I'd like to start the advice now. So I, man, the one that I always see popping up uh, in my feed before I unfollowed The Guardian was The Guardian. And uh, it's a philosopher, Eleanor Gordon-Smith, and it's her advice column. And it's like pretty anodyne, soft left, piffle. Um, you know, I, I don't think... First of all, I think she's... she's de- I wonder if she's writing them. I'm sure people are sending advice, but I think she might be uh, changing the letters that people write her because they're all written in basically the same style and with the same language. It always goes like partner. Things are kept fairly gender neutral. Um, I, you know, it's just very Guardian. They all have like a classy painting uh, next to it. And and they see she does uh she does one a week, you know. I won't allow my friend to be homeless, but how do I set boundaries while she stays with me? I mean that sounds good, right? That's I mean I've actually been that homeless friend many a time, and you know you read the and the article basically you know I'm I'm humbled and honoured to help her, but I'm worried that she's going to be living there for a long time. I will not allow her to be homeless, but my sanity might be on the line if she's going to be my permanent roommate. And then, you know, the other person writes back, look, you're doing great. You're doing great. But just because it's good doesn't make it easy. So how do you balance that? Well, bring in other members of the community and you can all talk together and be a little bit specific. You know, it's all sort of like vague, positive. You're a great person and this is hard and don't do the wrong thing. You know, it's enough to send you to sleep. And frankly, no help at all. No help at all for that woman who's trying to get that advice. Right? Like, if, if you've got a homeless friend coming to stay with you and you want them out and you want to preserve that relationship and look after them, man, I've, again, I've been that guy, right? I've been him. I've also been the person who's had the homeless person come to stay. And that doesn't help either. I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you've got a homeless person, not like a, you know, a street tough, but someone who's gone through a difficult situation in their life. They won't stay. (laughs) They'll have a mental crack and they'll get out of there and they'll disappear before you know it, okay? They don't want to be a burden. And the reason that they don't have a place to stay now is because they couldn't manage to find an arrangement to stay in a permanent location beforehand. Why would they manage to start doing that with you now? Don't worry about it. Is what no amount of being nice to that person. If someone's had a crisis and they currently don't have a place to stay, chances are they're in the middle of about four or five other crises. They'll get out. Just enjoy it while it lasts. Don't fret about the future. Hey, if I'm wrong, come back to me. But I'm telling you, they'll go. They always go. That's why they don't have a home right now. Is that more helpful? I think I can do these pieces of advice faster and better. I mean, this woman takes, this woman, Eleanor Gordon-Smith, God bless her, God help her, she takes about a thousand words to answer that one. And all it is, is like puffing up the person who's having the other person in there, the homeless person that they're staying with and saying it's really good. And there's no easy answers and be a little specific and talk to each other. Honestly, if you could be specific and talk to the other person, this is a person who doesn't have a home. They've, got, they've become unhinged. I am that person right now. You know what I'm saying? niceties with your language and listening to them trying to connect what is this liberal ideal that that's a possibility just be nice offer them comfort they'll get out 
I promise you they'll get out on their own. And if they don't, end the friendship, kick them out hard, because that's not really a homeless person who didn't have a place to stay. That is someone who is taking advantage of you. And if someone's taking advantage of you, and they know, people know. Here's the other thing. It's not like I have to be, I have to let them know what my boundaries are. People know when they come to stay with you, deep in their heart and their soul, that they're doing something bad. You know, and that accepting that hospitality is extremely difficult because you just want to be out on your own two feet. So if someone who is mooching off of you is not desperate to get out and is not feeling bad about it every day, uh, then they are taking advantage of you and you've got to kick their ass out. Here's, I mean, we'll just... Bloody hell. There are so many of these and I think I could do them all in about a sentence. Ladies, listen up. I love my partner. But our relationship started in an awful way. What should I do if I can't trust him? Oh, I actually want to find out more about that one. That one sounds juicy. Hold on. Uh, I'll do it later. Blah, 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 blah. I have a strong relationship with my partner. We work together. We love each other. Blah, blah, blah. We were friends when we fell in love. But he was in a long-term, flawed relationship with a friend. Oh, so... Oh, I witnessed him lying for so long. I can't forget this. All right, so he was... He was... Uh, romantically entangled with her friend and the person who wrote this had an affair with the guy and saw the man she was having an affair with lying and then feels bad about that. You know what I would say, uh, madam? Um, maybe you should be alone. You sound like a dreadful person. I can't believe... What? You you cheated. You, you elicited cheating from your friend's partner and now you're judging him for having been involved in that. I mean, the common thread here is you, all right? I mean, not only are you doing bad things, right? Having an affair. You're also making a big song and dance about it, complaining that he had an affair, which you did too. I assume you weren't truthful to the woman you were cheating on from with. Do you know what I'm saying? I assume your friend wasn't... You weren't going to your friend and saying, I'm having the sex with your boyfriend. So, I mean, you just... Straighten yourself out. Maybe don't have a partner. I hate to use of the word partner. They always use the word partner in these things. Uh, madam, be alone. Have sex with nobody. Think about yourself. Try and straighten yourself out. All right. I'm attracted to women of a different type than my partner. This is the next one. What should I do? I'm attracted to women of a different type than my partner. What should I do? Well, uh, break up. If you're not married, break up. If you are married, make it work. There we go. Next one. Sometimes I feel bad I don't have a relationship with my parents. Should I get back in touch and try again? Maybe yes, maybe not. There's a huge difference between my partner's financial situation and mine. How can this be bridged? Well, again, part, the problem here is partner. The problem here is not the financial situations being different. You're allowed to get together with someone who's rich or someone who's poor. But partner, if you're living, if you have a relationship, get married. If you're married, have one bank account. If not, they don't owe you anything. How's that? If it's just you've been on a couple dates, then yes, um, that person does not have an obligation to give you all their money. If you if you have a life together. Your finances should be combined. You should be one flesh, one body, one mind, one bank account. Um, so it can't be bridged. You can't bridge it. You're either one entity or you're two entities. How you like that? Next one. Man, this is easy. I think I might like a guy, but I'm still in high school. I want to date him, but should I just wait? How old is he? 
Is he out of high school? Is he in high school? Why don't you include that? Post-divorce. Also, no. I would say, uh, I understand. Man, it's just, I would, I would say no. I would say almost nothing good can come out of dating in high school. Um, no one ends up with the person they date in high school. And if they do, gross and weird. Post-divorce, I'm isolating myself at home alone. How do I get out of this funk? Go back to your husband. Next one. My father becomes passive-aggressive at Christmas. How can we make it better? Toughen up. It's Christmas time. All right? Get it together. He's allowed, he's allowed to be passive-aggressive. He's had a hard year too. It's probably the only way he lets out a little bit of steam. Next one. My daughter is five. Am I letting her down by not pushing her towards a future career? Depends if she has any serious talents. If she's very gifted, yes, you're letting her down. If she's not seriously gifted, you're doing her a great service by not pushing her too hard. Next one. Man! I gave up drinking five years ago. How should I deal with my father-in-law presenting me with wine each Christmas? Say thank you. Get on the piss. Next one. My parents and in-laws. That said, I'm off the piss for Lent. But if it's Christmas time, if it's Christmas time and you're not drinking, shame on you. Next one. My parents and in-laws. We feast when the church feasts. Uh, we, we fast when the church fasts. My parents and in-laws are making inappropriate comments about my baby. Should I let them go? Well, hold on. What, is the, what are the comments here? Hold on. Parents are in with baby. They comment a lot about her being chubby and having small lips, praising her for having white skin and making other fat-shaming, racist, and quite inappropriate remarks. My parents are constantly saying that she's extremely smart and are super focused on her intellect. And my mother-in-law is focused on her looks. I find both types of comments inappropriate as it puts unnecessary expectations on my baby. I'll sort this out for you real easy. That baby doesn't know about these expectations. That's not going to be a problem for months. Maybe do a little more work on the relationship with your parents rather than complaining that they're giving your baby self-esteem issues. Move on. I mean, obviously it's annoying. <laughs> obviously it's really annoying and, and parents do do that. And... um. And I, you know, sometimes I go, oh, you're so skinny with my kid. And my wife will give me a look like, what are you doing? Why are you saying that? We're not giving them the same body image issues that we have. Uh, so, so, yeah, just have a normal conversation. With, just say, well, here's the other one. Wait, why are you getting angry with one of the parents about saying how smart the baby is? Make your peace with that. You've got to let them praise something. If they're not allowed to praise the child's looks... Let them praise their intelligence. I mean, let them at least, let a grandparent say something nice. They're just trying to say something nice about the baby. All right? They're, you're not in the inner sanctum, the inner, inner sanctum, if you're a grandparent very often. And there's a lot of love there that's not matched by the structures of society. So just, man, get over it. You have the main relationship with your child. Whether or not they have issues basically comes down to you, not the grandparent. Let the grandparent, I would just say let the grandparents say the thing. Or have a conversation with them about it. I mean, it's either way, you're probably okay. Like, if you're uncomfortable and you have a good relationship with the grandparents, have a conversation with them about it and they will have to change. If they won't change, well, that means you don't have as good a relationship with that person or they have dementia, but probably that you don't have as good a relationship with your person and they're not going to have as big a relationship with your kid and then that's not going to be as big a problem. Win, 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 win. My sister is getting opportunities I feel missed. How do I grieve my past but support her? <sighs> um, stop being such a mopey person.
Mopey person. Different people have different opportunities. Different people have different abilities. Don't get hung up on your sister having... Well, well, let's see what the opportunities were. Man, these clickbait headlines. So what was the opportunity? Uh, my sister is a few weeks away from finishing her PhD. Okay. We've always been very close. However, she's beginning to apply for early career researcher roles at various universities. Very wonderful. I finished a PhD around five years ago and went straight into a non-academic job that I didn't like. I'm the oldest child in my family and I felt a lot of pressure, pressure from my mother in particular, to stay in the same town with a regular income in order to support my younger siblings going through uni. <laughs> Sorry. A non-academic job that I do not like. Oh, mummy sent me down the academia mine to use my PhD to support my young children. You're not a coal miner. I don't care about your problem. Man, that is actually, it's coming back to that a lot. That's Maybe that's why I don't do an advice column. Is my gut impulse is to say I don't care about your problem. And that doesn't make people feel seen. All right, let's try and switch. Hold on. Let's try and switch that up. I'm sure that it's hard having uh, spent 12 years coddled at university and then your mum asks you to get a, a proper job. My heart bleeds for you. Let's go to the next one. My recently widowed sister wants me to confront her husband's unfaithful past. What to do? Oh, 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 oh. a juicy. Um, uh, my sister, 63, was with her husband, 67, since she was 16. They got married in their 20s. As sometimes happens to widowers, widowers, she's now questioning their relationship. He was unfaithful several times, but she, she chose to stay. One of his possible indiscretions with, with a childhood friend of mine, with whom I've had sporadic contact over the years. Recently, the friend contacted me out of the blue to have dinner together. Uh, we actually don't know what happened. That was in the 80s. My friend, my sister wants details of the affair. Put it to bed. He's dead. Madam, he's dead. I want you to feel seen. Infidelity must have been very difficult on you, but you chose to forgive him. You chose to move on. You knew that he was a, a he had failed you and that he had desecrated your marriage. Move on. He's dead. He's dead. You're not going to feel like he's less dead or that you don't care as much about him being dead if you found out he was having sex with someone else. This is, I mean, it's, I assume that's what that is, trying to find out bad things about a person who's died and you feel sad so that you don't miss them as much. Is that unfair for me to put that on you, madam? Possibly. Move on, he's dead. <clears throat> Next one. When I realized I was gay, I was homophobic to a classmate. Should I apologize 25 years on? Yes and no. My drive to improve others makes me a never-pleased figure. Is there a way out? No. I put other people's needs before my own. Why do I do things I don't want to do? You're anxious and unhappy. And um, you're making other people unhappy as well. My husband persuaded me to swing. I'm desperate to do it again. He's not. What should I do? Stop swinging. Uh, he was wrong to persuade you to swing. You were wrong to enjoy it. Put it behind you. Try and forget. My friend is struggling to assert herself with her family. Should I say something? No, mind your own business. My husband wants to separate, but I don't. Can I save this marriage? You may have to virtuously struggle on alone. Uh, if you know, you can wait. You can try. It might take 20, 30 years. It's going to be very difficult. 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Should I validate my teen daughter's concerns or support their father as co-parent? Again, that's, there's not enough in there for me to... Uh, they have a difficult relationship with their dad, their stepmom and their stepbrother. Oh, so do you split up the family properly or do you try and make it work? Well, here we go. Um, the problems can generally be distilled at their most basic to the dad and the stepmom being quite dysregulated, confrontational and reactive. I feel like I'm doing the right thing by giving them a space to talk and vent. However, I know this also means I'm not presenting a united front with my co-parent, which research shows can be damaging for children. Am I doing the best thing for them? No. No, I, I think just from the way that's written, I would say no, you're not. That's just that's my take. Um, you're you're gossiping with them to attack. I mean, you're taking. You're, I think you're you're obviously taking pleasure in your children bad mouthing their father. And it supports the things you don't like about him as well. And um, you're asking if you have permission to feel those good feelings. And I I don't. Uh, you know, if he's being abusive, fine. But why are you talking him down? They Long term, here's the other thing. Short term, they'll want to talk him down. Long term, they'll be upset that you talked him down. That's their dad. My teenage daughter has put on a lot of weight. Can we encourage her to take control? Uh, you should take control for her. Change the food that's in the house and take her exercising. Go for a walk. Go for a nice walk with your daughter. I find my mother-in-law completely... Man, how long is this? Oh, 27. I could do this podcast for ages. I find my mother-in-law... I mean, I'll just... Look, I'll probably... I'll take a little break here to see if I... Uh, look at that. All right, I'll check my email. That's fine. I'll see if anybody has written to me. No. I'll go and have cigarettes and some coffee in a little bit. But, man, let's power on with at least another few of these. I find my mother-in-law completely infuriating. She isn't a bad person. What should I do? Get over yourself. My friend's fixation on her gluten intolerance puts people off. Should I let her know? She probably does know, and she's doing it on purpose to seem uh, uh, special. <laughs> so, yeah, you should attack her mercilessly for her gluten intolerance. What are you, nuts? She can't eat gluten. I'd be pretty fixated on that too. Man, that's complicated. I mean, I don't really... I know some people who can't eat gluten. Um, yeah, if you... Look, if you have a thing that you can't eat, basically you should never talk about it and find ways around anyone ever talking about it. When I wasn't drinking last night, uh, I had to have several conversations about why I wasn't drinking, which involved talking about Lent, which involved talking about God. And I'm sure that was like... One of the points of doing Lent is to live your faith more openly. But I... You know, like it wasn't a night about me to go there and try and um, evangelize from my own experience. Like I was not the center of attention. And then I just have to have conversation after conversation going, ah, I believe in God and uh, that's why I'm not drinking. So, yeah, if you're, but that's one small example. That's, I mean, yeah, if you're a vegetarian, I remember I was a vegetarian for years. That's probably a better, that's probably a better parallel. I actually did have several fruitful conversations about why I wasn't drinking and the nature of Lent and then other people spoke about their faith and it was beautiful. It was actually really nice and I don't resent it at all and I don't know why I said all of that. Vegetarianism, however, I was a vegetarian from like, I don't know, I was like 8, uh, 20. And um, yeah, you just want to get through it without having an interaction. And that's even worse because vegetarianism is a choice. I mean, gluten... You can't help being gluten intolerant. Maybe your mum could have 
exposed you to gluten earlier as a child and rescued you from it, and that was wrong that she didn't do that. But uh, or your dad, maybe your dad should have been involved. Maybe I should be exposing my children to gluten. <laughs> but she's fixated on it. Like if, yeah, if she's fixated on it like a personality type, that's sick and wrong, and you should cut her out and not be her friend anymore. My daughter, it's not true. My daughter, man. Okay, no, I'm, I should stop this. I'm. My daughter drives too close to vehicles in front. How do I tell her this behavior is dangerous? You look her in the eye and you say, stop driving that close to vehicles in the front. And if she doesn't listen, you refuse to get in the car with her. Next, last year I began an affair. His marriage is over now, but how can I survive his separation? You're a bad person. You shouldn't have done that. I really don't. I won't say you're a bad person. We're all beautiful people, but um, how can I survive his separation? How are you going to make that about you? Madam? Presumably, madam. I presume these have all been written by women. I'm, I've broken again. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not helping people feel seen. Um, all right. Let's, I'm sure that's really hard on you that the marriage you broke up is now taking a toll on the man you were luring into adultery. That must be so difficult on you that he's now having a hard emotional time from his marriage that you broke up. So... Stay strong, sister. Kia kaha, harlot. Next one. <laughs> I really don't know where I want to end up. How do I figure out what I want to do? No, it's a, what a blessing to not know what you want to do and to just be a person. People who think they know what they want to do have been tricked. Enjoy not knowing what you want to do. That is a more pure and decent state of being. Careers are for horses. Never forget that. I feel too excited to sleep and too exhausted to wake up. How can I fix this cycle? Get a nighttime job. I want to distance myself from a friend due to her relationship. Am I wrong? No. You are allowed to distance yourself from any friend. That's probably a nice one. That's probably a nice one to to leave it on. <laughs> because I was able to make that person... Man, I'm not going to... Man, never again. I'm never doing advice again. I hated that. I feel judgmental. I feel hoity-toity. I don't actually have any of the answers that could help any of these people. Don't send... Ladies, don't send in. If the end result is that I don't have any women listening to the podcast, fine. I'll just do what the boys like. Ladies, please don't send me your advice. I don't want them. I actually feel very tired after having done that and sad. And like, there's a lot. I don't like it when friends write to me with their problems. Why would I want strangers to write to me? And then who, what kind of sick person would take pleasure, would take pleasure in dealing with other people? Nah, 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 nah. I feel gross. That's been a terrible start to the morning. (laughs) Uh... Well, it was an experiment, and it didn't work out. Maybe I'll, f- I'll find some other way to get ladies to listen to the podcast. Um, I have no idea. I think about maybe it wouldn't be so. Maybe it wouldn't be. I mean, it wouldn't be pimping to get two women to do a podcast and to take their money. If I could do something for them, you know. Uh, organize the equipment it's so easy to organize the equipment though it's so easy to organize the equipment and to upload it anyone who tells you that they need to do a service to get the podcast up is lying spend one day googling and you can do it but maybe women don't want to do that maybe they want someone to help them and to be a paternal figure Mm -hmm. (laughs) well we'll think about it We'll think about it. We will think about it. Yes. 
Yes, women. Mysterious women. Women! Ah. Well, it would be maybe easier if my... I mean, here's the other thing. I am a family man. Here's the one other thing I could do that I'm not going to do. Is that, like, a huge amount of my time is occupied with my family and with my wife. And I don't include that on the podcast because I keep my private life relatively private. That is just, like, a hard wall. And, frankly, like, we're traveling around. I could turn us into, like, family travel vloggers and I could show my soft, sensitive side. But I think it, soft, sensitive side, you sound like a snake when you say that with all those S's because you are, because it's repulsive to monetize your children. And I think I could build up a bigger audience of women if I did more, like, here's me and my kids stuff. Ladies would like that, soft, beautiful. But you know who else would like that? Pedophiles who would be looking at the kids and I don't do that. I don't court that audience. Sorry, ladies. That is weird that that's the that there is a point where basic women and pedophiles overlap in terms of the family vlogging. <laughs> that's. I wonder if those fan bases ever meet up at family vlogging conventions. Anyway, so I'm not. I'm not ever going to do that. I must find a way to get women. I mean, that would just be. Like think of think of all those think of all those men I could just if all those men had a girl or a woman in their life and they just got one woman in their life to become a listener, we would double the size of the podcast immediately. I assume actually less than double, because I assume that all the women who already listened to it have already got the men in their life. I assume that's how they got in. Women Man, men and women. They're so different. Like on on YouTube. It tells me that my audience is like 90% something male. And I think that's just because men tend to have YouTube accounts. And I don't know a woman. <laughs> I don't know many women with... Like, my wife does not have a, a YouTube account. She watches a lot of YouTube and the algorithm understands her, but she doesn't, she hasn't like formalized a YouTube account. And for some reason, that's all men. I mean, I've never spent any serious time on Pinterest... Hey, maybe, hey, what if I set up a Pinterest? Well, what, I mean, are women still on Pinterest? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Just taking what I have now and then putting on, a, you know, putting on Tumblr or some female-dominated uh, medium, it would just be unsuccessful. I need a product that women can rally around. God bless you. God keep you. Catamaran ho. If you have any idea, ladies, if the lady listeners, here's what I would ask. I'm going to ask for advice. All right? Ladies who are listening, here's my request. Ladies, what would you like more of? And what do you think other ladies, why aren't you recommending the podcast to other ladies? What could I do that would help you recommend the podcast to other ladies? Let's grow the women that we have. Let's not go out and find wholesale new women. Let's celebrate the women that we have. Ah, this I like. Um, maybe we could do a profile. Maybe we could help the ones we already have feel seen. If you're a lady who listens to the podcast, hit me up on Instagram. We'll do an interview. We'll make you feel seen. I Actually, I probably don't. I already have one interview with Kieran J. Callanan that I never edit because I don't have the time. So what I also... I'm worried about listening to it back and sounding like an idiot talking to Kieran J. Callan and I feel anxious thinking about it because I'm a big pussy. I have to do it.
nah, I'm not going to have any of my woman listeners on the podcast. But if you would write to I just, I just don't, I just, I'm flailing. I'm flailing. Sorry, this is turning into quite a long episode. All I wanted to do was do a short episode of advice and then have some coffee and cigs. I love you. I miss you. I want you. I need you. Catamaran ho. Keep it real. Stay strong. Kia kaha. Hello, ladies. Why you always try and kill my mood? Why you always try and kill my mood? Why? Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.